Welcome to the Wild Boar News Broadcast. I'm Matthew McMahon. Geneva, Switzerland. City of reform or ridicule? The year, 1538. Geneva was primed and ready for a kind of relationship based on the history of a Swiss confederacy, for the good of the political religious state under the guidance of a reformer who could shape a theological and socio-economic influence. Many of the same Reformation principles other Swiss cantons had already implemented, Geneva had already embraced under the leadership of William Farrell, the city's reformed preacher. But more was needed. To bring the city to true biblical reformation, Farrell cornered John Calvin while he was staying in Geneva. Calvin was on a trip back from tending to his father's funeral and affairs in France. While passing through, Farrell convinced Calvin to remain and continue the work of reformation that had been started. Calvin refused the tenure, but Farrell threatened him with God's displeasure if Calvin would not take the task. Calvin decided to go. Unfortunately, Calvin's first tenure there did not go well, and on April 23, 1538, he was exiled by the magistrate, along with Farrell and another preacher named Carolt, due to a practical difference in implementing the Lord's Supper to wayward and unruly members of the city, though the council insisted they do so. Think of it. John Calvin was expelled by the city magistrate for not conforming to their desires in ecumenical unity and their beliefs and understanding of the Word of God. Calvin, Farrell, and Corot refused to hold hands around the campfire, singing Kumbaya with the city's leaders. Instead, their unswerving loyalty to Jesus Christ and His Word pressed them to exclude wicked men from the Lord's Supper. It seems Calvin and his friends experienced much of what the prophets of old experienced, and what our Lord Jesus Christ experienced at the hands of wicked men. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, for example, loved their kingdom more than Christ's kingdom, and crucified him as a result. Calvin and his comrades were simply following their Lord, and the testimony is true. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. John 15:18. Calvin spent three years in exile from 1538 to 1541, where he wrote a new version of the Institutes of the Christian Religion, as well as a tract against the Roman Catholics for intruding into Geneva in its absence called A Reply to Sadoletto. The Institutes of the Christian Religion was the most widely read document of the Protestant Reformation, and is still one of, if not the most, beloved books ever to come out of the revival of the Reformation. Why? It was saturated with the words of Christ. It was saturated with the Word of God. Calvin said that the Reformation was primarily the work of God through the Word of God. This is the heart of his institutes. When Geneva lay exposed and vulnerable, the Roman Church descended upon it in a flurry to take it over theologically. The Genevan Council and the city, to a great extent, had concerns for Calvin's return. While Calvin was gone, the magistrate could vividly see the ill repute into which the city plunged. There were political as well as spiritual problems after the expulsion of the reformers, and the city now desired Calvin to return in order to help reform them. Calvin refused. He had no desire to return, and saw Geneva as, quote, the last place on earth that he would ever go. Though Calvin was resolved not to go, the council was resolved to do everything in their power to have him return. 
They even acquired the help of Byrne, Basil, Zurich, and Strasbourg for aid in attaining him. Farrell was also solicited. He bombarded Calvin with letters urging him to return to the city. Farrell again threatened Calvin with God's displeasure if he did not return. In 1541, Calvin returned to his duties in Geneva, continuing his preaching in the exact place where he had left off in the Gospel of Matthew when he was expelled. He labored under the presumed motto, Eat little, sleep less, and study more. After some years of Reformation toil, Geneva became, as John Knox said in visiting, like heaven on earth. Today, no less than Calvin's time, and possibly even more, Reformation is discarded, and vanity is set in its place. Churches all across the nation are continuing to bow down to will-worship, anti-Christian theology, and turning to unqualified spiritual leaders of every sort, because religion is so vogue in our society today. Reformation, however, is not. Today, it is no less true than it was in Calvin's day. Reformation must be primarily the work of God through the Word of God. We may despise Geneva for expelling Calvin, but Geneva repented. And out of it, God worked a special providence to deliver us one of the greatest reform documents ever printed, Calvin's Institutes. The question remains, what bright star will come out of the modern church's expulsion of Reformation? With Geneva, it was the Institutes. At this rate and level of degradation in theological matters in America today, one must say that the American church will give history simply a theological black eye. The modern church must take a lesson from Geneva. Repent, for your churches and leaders are falling headlong into ill repute and theological error to such a degree that religion has become like Bunyan's Vanity Fair, where just a few souls make it through to the celestial city. As God says in Hosea 4, and verse 6, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. This is Dr. Matthew McMahon, signing off. Good night, then, until this same time next week. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, 
from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle is adopted by the papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.